Hello, I'm Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church and we are continuing today on the series on biblical prosperity. Last time we saw there are two parallel truths on prosperity that we must hold together if we're going to have a balanced biblical view. Last week we majored on God's will. Yes, God's will is to prosper and bless our finances. Is it God's will for everyone to be a millionaire? Not necessarily. We all have different calls and abilities, but it is God's will to bless you financially. You know, God is rich and he's a rich giver. And we mustn't think that God is mean. How can we embrace this truth though fully without getting into the ditch of selfishness? Um, it isn't selfish necessarily to want God to bless you, but it depends on your motive. And the key is not to compromise this truth, but to add another truth alongside it that we hold on to just as strongly. And the second truth is that God, God's purpose is to prosper us so that he can fulfill his plans through us. So he wants to bless us so that we can be a blessing. And so if our purpose is just to be rich just for ourselves, to spend it all on ourselves, then we are in the ditch. We're not in God's will. That's not the spirit of Christianity. But if we allow God to bless us, that is his will, so that we can be a greater blessing to those around us and to the kingdom of God and to the poor, then we are bang on track. And these two truths are held together in a number of prosperity scriptures that I want to share with you this morning. Number one, Genesis 12, 3, God says to Abraham, I will bless you. That's the first part. And make you a blessing. You see, these are the two parallel truths of receiving and giving. God wants you to have the blessing of receiving and so that you may be blessed with prosperity. But also, it says, I will make you a blessing. And this is the blessing of giving. Praise God. But first you have to receive God's blessing, then you can give. God wants to bless us, but it's for a greatest, greater purpose to be a blessing. So yes, if we just focus on the first one, that uh, our own prosperity, then it becomes selfish. But God wants us to hold on to both truths and to grow and allow God to bless you more and more so that you can be a greater and greater blessing. And so divine prosperity actually is being blessed in both receiving and in giving. Both are important. Level one prosperity is receiving. Level two prosperity is giving. And which is greater? Well, remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Notice it is a blessing to receive. That is a blessing from God. Prosperity is a blessing, but it is a greater blessing to give. And so our, our prosperity actually is measured in terms of both what we've received and what we give. You see, if you are rich, but you give very little, then in God's sight, you're not very prosperous. The measure is not what you receive, although that's part of it, but because unless you receive, how can you give? But the measure of your prosperity really that you're moving in now is how much you're giving. What about Jesus? Some say, well, wasn't he poor? Well, let me ask you, have you reached the point where you need a personal treasurer to handle your finances? When's the last time you treated uh, 20,000 people for lunch? 
When's the last time you provided 150 gallons of wine for a seven-day wedding feast? That, that's, that's, that has major value. By that spirit of prosperity on him, he gave Peter and Andrew a bumper catch of fish. So the true measure is what we give. And that requires that we walk in the receiving and the giving to truly prosper. What we receive is to do with our faith. What we give is to do with our love. Both faith and love are important and they are to work together. Of course, the greater is love. But Galatians says, what avails is faith working through love. And so our faith works best when it's motivated by love. Our faith for prosperity will work best when we want to prosper in order to give and be a blessing to the gospel and those in need. And so when we give, it's, it's out of love, of course, for those that will benefit. But it's also right to give in faith, believing that through our giving, that will produce a harvest, because then the more we're able to receive, the more we can then give again. And that's why Jesus said in Luke 6, he said, give and it will be given to you. He, he wanted us to have the faith to receive that harvest from our giving. Given it will be given to you, good pressure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put in your bosom. For the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. So is it wrong to give to get? Well, our motive is to love, is to bless. But it's not wrong to also believe that God will bless our giving with a harvest. Hallelujah. Faith and love. It's not either or, but it's both. And he wants us to increase in both faith and love in our receiving and our giving, so that we can be an ever-increasing channel of blessing. Praise God. Well, I want to build you up in both those areas of faith and love in this series. And we need to hold those two together. We need to believe that God will bless us, and we need to get our motives right so that we set ourselves to be a blessing, and that the more he blesses us, the more we can use that for God. Praise God. I want you to want God to enrich you so that you can help others. Hallelujah. And so the second scripture we're going to look at is in connection with that 1 Chronicles 4.10, which prays for the fulfillment, really, of um, the covenant. Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed. You know, it's not wrong to want God to bless you and to pray for God to bless you, as long as that's not just the, the whole story. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. But notice also he prays this, that you would enlarge my territory. Lord, enlarge my ministry, enlarge my sphere of influence, that your hand will be with me to guide me, and that you would keep me from evil that I would not cause pain. Oh God, bless me indeed and make me a blessing to more and more people. That's his prayer. And it says God granted what he requested. God granted him that prosperity that he asked for. Because he was asking for physical blessing. Number three, Deuteronomy 8.18. You shall remember the Lord your God. For one, he, gives, he is the one who gives you power to get wealth. Yes, God will empower you to get wealth. Praise God. Whether it's through your skills, your work, through creative ideas, there is a blessing from God to empower you to get wealth. But he has a purpose for it, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to our fathers 
as this day. And that covenant is not the covenant of Moses that's passed away, but the Abrahamic covenant that's still in force. Praise God. It's still operative. And we are in that covenant because we are sons of Abraham if we're in Christ. And we receive the blessing of Abraham through Christ. And so it says that that covenant needs to be established in the earth. We need to get more and more people into that covenant. We need, to, and this covenant is that we would be blessed and we would be a blessing. And so to fulfill that covenant, that we would be a blessing, that we would be part of establishing the covenant of God on the earth, of more and people, more people coming into the covenant and getting teaching to know about the covenant. Praise God, that requires his people to be empowered to prosper. God needs us to be blessed with his riches so we can finance the spreading of the word of God and the covenant of God, bringing people into that. Praise God. God wants us to be blessed and a blessing in the earth. Praise God. And God wants to establish that covenant. And he needs to do that. And he will empower you to prosper if your heart is to do that. The third scripture is a photograph of a blessed man in Psalm 112. And this blessing includes prosperity. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. Who, great, who delights greatly in his commandments. Wealth and riches will be in his house. That's, and his righteousness endures forever. That's level one prosperity. Wealth and riches in his house. Two, it says, unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious, he's generous with his riches and full of compassion to those in need and righteous. A good man deals graciously, that's generously, and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Verse 9, he's dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. So he's rich, but also he is a blessing with it. His righteousness, his good works, his giving endures forever. His horn will be exalted with honor. You might say, well, that's Old Testament. But it's quoted in the New Testament in 2 Corinthians 9.9, proving that this applies in the New Covenant. And so this is God's vision for you too that you, you would have wealth and riches in your house, but also you would be one who disperses abroad and gives to the poor. Then number four, we go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, which says, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that through his poverty you might become rich. What a wonderful verse. And here we have level one and level two, prosperity. Now, first of all, notice, it's very clear. He says that through his poverty, you might become rich. God wants you to be rich. Now, you might say, well, that's talking about spiritual riches. Well, that might be included here, but if you read the whole chapter, it's very clearly talking about money. And so the context is physical riches. Jesus became poor on the cross. He was a blessed man in his life. Of course, he was even more rich in heaven, but he was still a blessed man in his life. But on the cross is where he took on himself total poverty, total destitution, nakedness. He took the curse on the cross. Why? So that we might become rich. Praise God. He took poverty so that you might be rich. This is a great exchange for us. Just as Jesus became sin, that we might become righteous. Just as he became a curse, so that we might be blessed. It says here, Jesus became poor, that we might be made rich. 
So how dare you see that God's will is not for you to be blessed financially because Jesus died for that. Praise God. And so this proves God wants to prosper you. It says it, that he became poor on the cross, that you might be made rich. This is confirmed. Isaiah 53, 5 on the cross, it says the chastisement for our peace. The Hebrew is shalom, which means wholeness, and it includes prosperity. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. Jesus took the punishment for your shalom, for your wholeness, for your prosperity. When Philippians 4 says, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory, by Christ Jesus, that means by his death on the cross, he shall supply all your needs. But this verse also contains level two prosperity because actually Paul is using Jesus as an example of selfless giving. He's saying, look at Jesus Look how, although he was rich, he was willing to give sacrificially in his death on the cross. So you too, God has blessed you. Now you are to give sacrificially to those who are poor. And that's what he's saying. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he means, the generosity of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that through your poverty you might become rich. And he's saying Jesus is our example. And as Jesus was willing to use his riches to enrich others sacrificially. So you also are in the same way. You've been blessed with riches. God wants to enrich you, but also you are to use your riches to bless others. So we see those two truths in, this, in that same scripture. And then 2 Corinthians 9, 8 is wonderful. God's vision for you. God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you, having all sufficiency in all things. That's level one, prosperity. All sufficiency in all things. Again, he's talking about money. May have an abundance for every good work. That's level two, prosperity. As it is written in Psalm 112, he's dispersed abroad, he's given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever, you see. God wants you to be so blessed you have enough for every good work. Now, he says, may God, who supplies seed to the sower, and bread for food, as the two things. First, God gives you bread for food, that's your own needs, but also he gives you so that you have seed to sow. That's level two prosperity. May he supply and multiply the seed you've sown and increase the fruits of your harvest, of your righteousness. And so God will use the seed you've sown and you will have a harvest in your own life as well. And then verse 11, he says, while you are enriched in everything, God wants to enrich you, that's level one. For all liberality, God wants to enrich you so that you can move into all liberality, causing thanksgiving through us to God. You know, whenever you are liberal and you give, it causes the person who receives to give thanks to God. You're producing great results through your giving. Number six, it talks about 1 Timothy 6, verse 10 says the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. And uh, that tells you it's not money that's evil. Actually, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The, uh, the Lord created wealth. It's not evil, but the love of money is the root of evil. God says every beast of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. But then he goes on in verse 17 and says, command those who are rich in this present age not to be proud or haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Now, 
Before we go on in that, notice this is level one prosperity verse. God gives us richly all things to enjoy, you see. And, and I want you to notice when he talks about those who are rich in this present world, he doesn't tell them to repent of being rich, but he wants them not to be proud. He wants them to realize God is the source of their riches, that God has give, gives all people richly to enjoy. He's not stingy. Uh, and so we shouldn't be guilty in possessing riches. God doesn't mind us having money, but he minds money having us. And so the issue is, what's our priority? Are we putting God first or are we putting things first? You cannot love two masters, Jesus said. You're either going to love God or you're going to love money. But if your motive is right and that you can handle riches, God is very happy to bless you with riches. Now, notice he says it's not bad to have riches. He says those who are rich in this present world doesn't say get rid of your riches. He says, don't trust in the uncertain riches. Don't be proud, but rather trust in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. I want you to notice he points to God as an example. God, notice, is rich and he's a rich giver. And he says, that rich man needs to not be guilty that he's rich, but he needs to be like God who is not only rich, but a rich giver. God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. So he's also talking about level two prosperity because he goes on to say about the rich man in verse 18, let them do good, let them be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share. And so the rich man must avoid the trap of riches, which is not to become proud and think, well, I don't need God because I've got all this money and as if, uh, it wasn't God who actually is the source. He says the rich man must learn, continue to walk with God and trust God, not be corrupted by those riches, not be hardened by those riches, but he's to actually be like God who gives richly all things to enjoy. And so he needs to be rich, but also he needs to become a rich giver. Praise God. That's the level two prosperity ready to share, ready to give, rich in good works. And why should he do that? Because by doing that, he's moving into a greater prosperity. Level two prosperity is the greater prosperity where you're giving, where you're being a blessing. Why? Because the present riches of this world are uncertain. They're gonna run out, they're temporary. But level two, moving into level two prosperity, we are laying up eternal rewards. We're laying up treasures in heaven. That's the real treasure. The money we have now is monopoly money. It doesn't have any real eternal value, but the, but the riches we'll have in heaven will, will be forever and ever. And that's why he says he needs to move into level two prosperity because then, verse 19, he will be storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Hallelujah. And he's saying he needs to realize it's not just about this life, it's about eternity. And so he needs to learn to be a rich giver. Then, of course, we go on to the key verse of Jesus in Matthew 6. He says, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things, the material things Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows what you need. 
you need all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. He's talking about material things. Now, level one is here, because clearly it says God wants to supply all these things. All these things will be added to you. And he's, he basically wants them to trust. If you read the whole passage, he doesn't want us worrying about the material things of life. As if, you know, this is, un, he wants us to just trust that God will provide and prosper us and not worry about it. We're to believe that God is a God who loves us. He knows all about our needs and he wants to provide for those needs. He wants to bless us. We're not to worry about that. And so that's level one is there. But of course, he then gives us level two. He gives us the key for moving into the full blessing of prosperity. The key is to get our motives right and to enter into God's purpose for prosperity. Instead of focusing on our needs and worrying about it, he says, if we will seek first the kingdom of God, praise God, enlarging the kingdom of God, getting the word of God out, because the kingdom of God expands through the word of God. And if we will set ourselves to be a blessing and to expand the kingdom of God, then God will supply all that we have need of for that. All these things then will be added to us. So if we set our heart to use his money for his purposes, to get the gospel out, then all these things will be added, praise God. And so this puts it so well, seek first the kingdom of God and then all these things will be added to you. That's prosperity. Your needs met, but also you are putting the kingdom of God first. And I believe if you will gear up and focus your life to support the kingdom, you will position yourself to receive much more financial blessing. And if you want to move into greater prosperity, you need to make God's priority your priority and commit yourself to the spreading of the gospel. Praise God. As we show God that we're financially committed to his kingdom, he is able to release more finances to us to fulfill that purpose. You know, wouldn't it be great to be able to give 90% of what you receive into missions, into the, the work of the Lord. Praise God. That's what we should set our aim. Right now it might be 10%, but we should be aiming. Let's get it up to 15. Let's get it up to 20%. Because I'm believing that I, that's, my per, that's what I want to do, is seek first the kingdom of God. And God will certainly look after you. This is a crucial verse. We need to trust God to prosper us it says, and provide the things we need, knowing that he loves us. That's level one. And then he says, as we then move into seeking to spread his kingdom through our finances, all these things will be added to us. Our prosperity will only grow because God is an intelligent God and he knows that if we are someone who will use his wealth for his kingdom, then he will want to channel that to us as we show ourselves faithful. Praise God. And if we're just wanting to be prospered for ourselves, then we really are not in position for much prosperity. Praise God. Well, we need to believe in summary. And this is the two things I want you to hold together and start moving out in faith for. First of all, in have your faith established on the truth that God loves you, God wants to prosper you. You've got to expand your belief your, that God is able to bless you big time. You know, not just to get by, 
but to be really blessed. You know, God, there was a progression for Israel when she was in Egypt, first of all, in the land of not enough. And then, as it were, Israel was saved and came out of Egypt into the wilderness, the land of just enough. Now, God was with her. God was doing miracles, but it was always survival. It was always just enough. And that's what many Christians think is God's will for their life. But that's just the wilderness. That wasn't God's perfect will. God wanted to bring them into the promised land, the land of more than enough. And that's what God's doing for you. He wants to bring you into your promised land. Praise God. So believe that. Believe that God wants to bless you financially. But also you need to set yourself to make a quality decision that whatever riches God gets to you, uh, that those God gives that so that you will promote and expand his kingdom. You'll be a blessing to others, to the people around you, to those in need. And, and God is looking to see someone who is committed to be a, a blessing with their money. And then he'll say, this is a person I can work through. This is a person I can bless. Because they're not just going to store it up for themselves. They're going to be a channel of blessing to fulfill my purposes. And, and that's what God needs from us. He needs us strong in faith. He needs us strong in love. He needs us to believe that he wants to bless us. We've got to believe in the goodness of God. God isn't a mean God. He's not a poor God. He's a rich God. And he's a rich giver. And we need to believe that. And he's pleased when we believe that. But at the same time, we also need to be moving in love. That as God gives us, as God prospers us, so we are made that quality decision. We're going to use those finances. We're going to love God with those finances. We're going to make a difference in the earth. We're going to give and give, expand our giving for the kingdom of God and to meet the needs of the poor and to create great thanksgiving of people around us who receive a, the, a blessing from us. So may God prosper you in Jesus' name.